With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. A tough night last night for the Drake Bulldogs as they fall on the road at Loyola. The Heat! It's gone! Cooper Cephas hitting a 70-footer at the first half horn. The call from CBSSN. Loyola jumped out to a 16-point halftime lead and win it 86-64. Upsets in college basketball last night. Michigan State falls on the road 79-74 to Illinois. 10th-ranked Marquette drops a home game to St. John 70-69. And in the Big 12, Kansas State with a home victory over Kansas 74-67. Wildcats now sit a half game in front of Iowa State in the Big 12 standings. Cyclones back in action Saturday against TCU. The 20th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes go on the road tomorrow to face the Indiana Hoosiers. Tonight in college hoops, you and I host Bradley. Maryland's at Nebraska. Nebraska, Creighton visits Villanova, and Wisconsin's in the barn to face the Gophers. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent and I take you until noon. Zubin Mahente from ESPN. In about 15 minutes, right now, David Kaplan. He's brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Variety of styles, patterns, colors for every need. Check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Or you can head down to the shop on uh, 62nd Street uh, is where you will find them. Let's get David Cappy. You'll find him here with us every Wednesday. It's a special day when we get him live. As usually, he's on the air right now. And as we've said, full disclosure, we taped Cappy earlier uh, on our Wednesday appearances. But you're in Mexico and you're finding time for us, knuckleheads. Thank you, pal. How are you? I'm doing great. I am out here at the pool with my wife. Nice. I leave for spring training on Sunday. So... This was the last week I could really, you know, find time to get away until the All-Star break. So I, uh, I'm i here with my wife, and I said, hey, i got to do my radio hit in Iowa with my guy. And we're, great, we're grateful for it, Cappy. We really are. Yeah, I saw the truck pulled out uh, sometime last week, making its way down to Arizona. So I guess let's start there. Um, you know, give us, um, you know, as you brush up on Cubs 2019, what concerns you as you know, pitchers and catchers get ready to report here in uh, in the next few days? What's your concern right now? Uh, bullpen for yeah. me. You know, can Brandon Kinsler be the guy that went to the All-Star game in 2017, or is Brandon Kinsler the guy that was really not very good since he came over, and I'm sure the Cubs would not have exercised the option on his contract if it wasn't an option that he was able to exercise for $5 million bucks. You know, they'd love to have an extra $5 million laying around. So that one concerns me, obviously, the health of you, Darvish. But if he's what he looked to me to be at Cubs convention, where different guy, he was doing all his interviews in English with no translator standing next to him. He looks like he has been living in a weight room. 
I watched multiple tapes on him as he's throwing off of a mound indoors, albeit. And, I mean, he said, light day, no spikes, ha, ha, ha. And I'm watching him cut loose and guaranteeing you he's throwing low 90s without showing any effort at all. So if he's that guy and he can take the ball 30 times and win you, and again, it's not all about wins and losses, but help you win baseball games by keeping you in games and pitching six innings at a click, well, that's a huge, huge thing if the rest of the rotation stays healthy. But again, it's that bullpen. Who's going to close while Morrow's out? When Morrow comes back, will he be the guy that he was last year till he got hurt? So those are a few of the things that probably concern me the most. Well, as the free agents continue to sit out there, and we await the decisions, of course, from the big two, but another big name, Craig Kimbrell, is still out there. If it is a case where the value's low, you can get him on a one-year deal and he wants to reevaluate then for 2020, could you see Kimbrell being a fit at all, or is that just pie-in-the-sky thinking from some Cub fans? Uh, I think that's pie-in-the-sky thinking from Cubs fans. I mean, if he's going to come take a one-year deal and it's you know, something really low AAV, average annual value, okay. But if he's going to take a low one, why doesn't he just stay in Boston and try and win yep. another one with them? Yep. So, yeah, I would be very, very surprised if Craig Kimbrell ends up pitching for the Cubs. Now, if you told me, that there was a certain player out there that said, you know what, I'll take a one-year deal and I'll come play for you and then let's reevaluate after that. Well, then go get Manny Machado if they're going to add the DH, which is something that's on the table. I'm not convinced they're going to have the DH in 2019. No, 2020. Didn't give what well, they're saying possibly for this season. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if that's the case, if they're going, the player's proposal that I read this morning is, the DH in the National League would start this season. Well, if that's the case, let me make a case for signing Manny Machado, putting him at either short or third, whatever it takes to get the deal done, if he's going to sign a shorter-term deal, and putting Chris Bryant in the left and Kyle Schwarber is now my DH. You tell me that's not something that's doable? I'd rather do that than sign Craig Kimbrough if I can get it done in a short-term deal. Interesting. Yeah, I thought I saw, Cap, the 2019 DH in National League ballparks full-blown, in, in interleague play I'm talking about, and then full-blown. But I'll, I'll read it again. You're likely right. Um, so let's let's move on. I, I want to get to the uh, Cubs television network that sounds like it's a next-year thing. But before I, we run out of time with you, I want to get the White Sox in here. And is there you know one of those big-ticket items? Are they still in the hunt for Machado at all? What are you hearing on that front? I think they are still in the hunt. I, you know, Bob Nightingale said the other day on our our Sox Talk podcast on NBC Sports Chicago that if Harper goes to the Phillies, Machado has one suitor, and that's the White Sox. I'm not sure I believe that, but Bob's pretty connected, and if he says it, he's probably right. I'm just not. That doesn't make sense to me. He's too good a player to be able to have no one else willing to bid. Right. But what it tells me is he's still trying to rouse the market with his agent, Dan Lozano, to get him a bigger offer somewhere else. It just sounds like he doesn't want to play for the White Sox. Otherwise, the deal would already be done. Or at least he needs a stalking horse, another bidder, to help raise the level of the White Sox bid, because why would they bid against themselves? But right now, it sounds like there's mystery teams, that the Padres are involved in both guys. I just, if he was going to the White Sox, I would have thought it would already have been done. Mm. 
David Kaplan is our guest, NBC Sports Chicago. Of course, ESPN 1000 uh, joining us live. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. All right, Cap, I want to get to the television network that apparently at the CubsCon came out that it's going to uh, debut in 2020. We saw the Blackhawks, the Bulls, and the White Sox all re-up their deals with NBC Chicago. I saw, by the way, the Cubs uh, television broadcast schedule was released uh, here today. But it sounds like this is it on NBC and that they are going forward with that uh, with that network starting next year. Um, it's my opinion. You can help me out if that you're going to be a major player in this. Uh, what do you think it's going to look like, Cappy? Uh, did you have any idea, and is there anything you can share as far as you know your future at this point? Uh, right now, I am under contract to NBC Sports Chicago, and love working there, doing Sports Talk Live, doing Cubs pre and post with David DeJesus and Doug Glanville, and that plan is in place for this season. My deal is up at the end of the baseball season, so... Uh, then we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I mean, certainly being as closely linked to the Chicago Cubs as I am for the past mm-hmm. 25 or 26 seasons, yeah, I love working around the Chicago Cubs. I'm close with a lot of those people that have been there that whole time, whether it's sometimes with players, managers, coaches, executives, uh, the Ricketts family, Crane Kenny, they've all been wonderful to me throughout the year. So, well, I'll see and evaluate my options. I can just tell you, working at NBC Sports Chicago is an awesome, awesome place. And they're still going to have to cover the Cubs. So either way, I'm going to be covering that team. We'll see where I end up going. I think we'll connect the dots from there. Thank you, David Kaplan. Hey, uh, Cap, with that, I know a concern here in Iowa, Cubs fans everywhere, is distribution of this new channel. As we saw with the Dodgers, few years back when they started their own network and the distribution, how difficult it was in L.A. to get that off the ground. The importance of that, you know the business, Cap. That is absolutely huge for people to actually be able to see the games. Yeah, and look, these are very smart people that are putting this whole thing together from Crane and Tom Ricketts and Colin Faulkner over at the Cubs and whoever they end up syndicating this deal with. Um I think they've tried to think of everything, but the, the one thing you can't count on is that the market has changed. With the cord cutting that's gone on, with a la carte programming, you know, Ma and Pa Kettle, who are in the middle of Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, wherever it may be, that says, yeah, you know what, I'm not a sports fan. I have no interest in paying for a channel. And that affects not only the Cubs, it affects every team or every channel that tries to get their business by being on the basic fear of cable. So uh, this is going to be an interesting thing. I'm excited to watch how it all shakes out, but I cannot believe that there isn't a cable system around that would have the ability to carry this channel that wouldn't want to when you've got a team that is as good as the Chicago Cubs. Uh, won the World Series in 16, NLCS in 17, uh, was a playoff team in 18, and if they're healthy, I'll put their chances up against anybody in the National League to go back to the World Series again and maybe win another one. So I think it's must-watch programming with big-time players and uh, Wrigley Field every day. So I'll be interested to see how this whole thing shakes out. Uh, Cap, we'll keep you for a couple more minutes, then we'll let you get back to your vacation. We're grateful for you coming on with us. As long as you want. (laughs) I'm wiping the sun, and 
I'm just still talking to you guys. Uh, we appreciate you coming on with us. So, give us your uh, your reaction to the Super Bowl this past week. wasn't It wasn't for everybody, but football's football. Uh, there are a lot of them are different. I enjoyed it, um, but I think I'm probably in the minority. Your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm with you. I enjoyed it. Would I rather have seen the Rams win? Yes. Did I pick the Rams? Yes. Um, you know, Jared Goff wasn't great. Right. Let's be honest. He did not have his best day when they had Brandon Cooks open in the back of the end zone. Well, he had him open six yards earlier at like the two-yard uh-huh. line with a chance to just drill it in there and get the touchdown, and he waited too long to throw it. And then the one that Brandon Cooks, for me, the key play in the game, is not the interception at the goal line. It's the play right before it when he threw a dime. He laid it right into the basket, and Brandon Cooks dropped it. He catches that pass. All of a sudden, it's a different game. New England is losing, not tied. And all of a sudden, everybody goes, oh, my God, the Rams have the lead. Instead, he drops it, and the next pass, they rush the passer. They pressure him. He underthrows it. It's intercepted. Ball game over. So, yeah, that for me was the key play in the game. But I like defense. I think it proves the Bears can win the football game, win the Super Bowl through their defense if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't lose the game for them next year. And I think he's going to continue to get better. I think they have a really good team. I think they probably would have been right there in the hunt to maybe win the Super Bowl had Cody Parkey made that kick. Look, would they go to L.A. and win and then go to New Orleans and win? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I just can't guarantee it would have happened. But you can't tell me that the Chicago Bears, after what they did to the Rams, you, you, in your wildest dreams, it's not crazy to think, nope. Hmm, they could have gone to L.A. and won that game, and they very easily could have gone to New Orleans and won that game. Drew Brees was not playing great the last month. It cost him an MVP. So we'll see. Uh, Bears are one of the top four or five in Vegas for next year. I think they have a real chance to get this. During Super Bowl week, Matt Nagy was named NFL Coach of the Year. Cap, what does he do for an encore? Now he takes his team to the Super Bowl. There you go. Music to my ears. You take take your team to the Super Bowl. You watch Mitchell Trubisky take another step. And all of a sudden, you go, wow, this guy has really developed his quarterback. The defense that the Bears have is superior to what the Rams have, although that Rams defense did a pretty darn good job uh, the last three weeks of the season. I'm telling you what. This team is good enough. If they can add another running back that gives them ability to catch the football and a little bit more breakaway speed, maybe get one more weapon offensively, either at wide receiver or at tight end, this team has a real chance. Mm. Cappy, when are you in Arizona? I leave Sunday afternoon, and I will be there all week long. So when I talk with you next Wednesday, it will be from Cubs camp or White Sox camp because I'm covering both. I will be there all week long. Great stuff, Cappy. Thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate it. Now back to vacation. We'll talk to you from Arizona. See you, pal. All right. I'll take a vodka tonic, please. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> take care, Cappy. Yeah, good to see talk you. to you. David Kaplan, uh, grateful for uh, our relationship over the years. Really good. He's a, a really fun guy. And, yeah. and he's about to become an employee of the Chicago Cubs. And that uh, already good bank account, I think, is going to get even better. Yeah, good for him. Good yes. for him. He's one of the good guys in this industry. Well, I love the story of how you found Cappy, you know, yeah. what, 25 years ago? He was at WGN. I was at the jock working with Dyer. We had one computer in the building, and... 
I, I just needed a Chicago guest, and I started searching and found WGN Radio and clicked on a link that had his picture in sports mm-hmm. and a phone number at his desk. and Called him up. And we've been talking on the radio weekly seemingly ever since that. It's awesome. It really is. I got lucky there by um, no, no doing on my own, just pure luck. We will take a time out. We're lucky to have Zubin Mehente, and he's next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Quick cleanup. Centurion Stone is on 22nd Street. I misspoke, said 62nd. 22nd ah. Street. Online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. It's time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's SUPER to 200-200 right now. Message and data rate supply. Let's get Zubin Mahente in here, ESPN. He's been all over ESPN, Jay Will, Seth Greenberg. Uh, you guys did a nice job on Monday night, Zubin, and uh, both of those guys that you shared the television airwaves with, very high on Iowa State. How are you? I'm doing great. First things first, just a little house spinning of my own. Uh, I was uh, grocery shopping listening to your first hour here this morning, and uh, Wawa is like Casey's and Come and Go. So gotcha. that's like Casey's and Come and Go of like South Jersey, Jersey, Central Jersey, Philadelphia area. So just in case you're in that area. Well, and I was surprised. You know, it's a convenience store. I didn't know that. And then a convenience store that had $14,000 cash on hand. I mean, that seems yeah, like... So, but, yeah. It, that's a stunning story. I mean, I, I did hear your, your, your background on that with Matt Campbell, but we'll see what happens. I guess, you know, he has enough equity at this particular point. Yes, he does. Like this, yep. But as we've seen before, it's almost like a zero-strike policy now. But that's for a your Iowa State experts to discuss, of course. Um, you know, Jay and Steph, I just talked to them about Iowa State because I just knew I was going to come on with you guys. And what was so interesting is later that night, we actually taped it in advance, but we aired the Wooden, Don R. Wooden Award late season 20, and we unveiled the list from the 25 last month into the 20 this month, and the three of us hosted the show to get it down to 20. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a real argument to be made to have at least one Iowa State player on there. There really wasn't anybody there. I certainly think a couple of guys could have qualified. In fact, Kyle Guy was not on the midseason list, yet appeared on the late season list, which is actually mm. a pretty rare thing. Jay thinks they have the best uh, top-to-bottom roster in the league. Uh, they both exploded when that Cam Lard dunk happened down the yeah, lane uh, in Norman on Monday night. We were monitoring the Texas Tech game, which had its own weirdness uh, going on with the tripping. But both of them are just so high on their overall roster and what Prome has been able to do, especially Coach Greenberg, who has told me on numerous occasions, he just loves the way Coach Prome coached. And so, you know, obviously I think uh, Kansas State did him a little bit of a favor uh, last night to at least get Kansas a little bit off the perch. Obviously Kansas State and Baylor are, are still right there. But it's interesting to note that when you have a team like Texas that stock is smart under achieving, but look, they've beaten North Carolina – They've beaten Kansas. They always have four stars. And you've got Kansas roster, obviously, through the last four years. Oklahoma's had Trey Young and Buddy Heald. And for them to say that of all the programs in the conference, the one they're the most bullish on is Iowa State. And I just thought that was really something that I wanted to mention to you guys because 
They follow this stuff pretty close. Just watching games with them, I can just tell. I mean, they are as locked in as any two people I've seen on college basketball for a while. Zubin, watching you uh, the last couple of nights, do the halftime, do the pregame, kind of in-between games, things like that. What's your favorite to do? Is it college basketball, college football? Of course, you do a lot with the NBA. What's your favorite during a game, the in-studio work that you get to do? I think college football just because there's just so much happening at once. In college basketball, you know, a loss for Duke. Let's say they had lost to Boston College last night. Unlikely, they were down at the half. It's just not a, it's not a death blow. It just yeah. isn't a death blow by any means. Gonzaga lost back-to-back games to North Carolina and the balls. It's not a death blow. Um, and I think in college football, there's just a little bit of more excitement knowing that every Saturday, this could end your chance to get to the conference title game, which could obviously put you in serious peril to make the playoffs. So I think the stakes are just a little bit higher in college football. College basketball is just as exciting, but Big Monday and Super Tuesday are great. But you could go two and two on Big Monday, or if you're a Big Twelve team, go two and two on Super Tuesday, and it really wouldn't kill you. Whereas I think in college football it would. Overall, I love doing Sports Center just because when we talk in June, we're talking NBA, or we'll talk Masters, or we'll talk college football, or we'll talk baseball in October. And being a part of Sports Center, when the calendar hits the right spot. You get to experience the whole thing. So when it's college basketball, it's March. When it's the NBA playoffs, it's April, May, and June. Even for us, when it's Wimbledon, hmm. it's June. And when it's the NFL, it's August, September, October, November, December, January, early February. So SportsCenter is great because when every sport hits its crescendo moment, we're there for it. But I think, like you guys know, with your obsession with college football and college basketball in your state, there's also something to be said for immersion. If you're with something on day one, you feel so much more confident talking about it in week 17. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of picking and choosing and hopscotching, if you're with the NFL, you're there for training camp, and you take it all the way through the Super Bowl. And that generally benefits the viewer because it's got all of your attention. But, you know, sports is so popular across the board, as we're finding out. I mean, I mean, look at today. Anthony Davis, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Kyler Murray. I mean, all of those decisions, if any of those decisions come down today, uh, you know, that would lead sports center. And all of them could come down today. It's unlikely. Um, but that just shows you how busy things really are. Yeah, that'd be interesting just to see how you rank them as far as placing them in the uh, in Sports Center at the top. Who's going to go first, etc. Uh, Zubin, I'm mean, just fanboy for just a second. I, I just I, I would love to be in your spot just to watch a game with Seth Greenberg and Jay Williams. I I got it. And regardless whether it's football season or basketball season, you'd have to learn so much just listening to those elite minds talk whatever sport they're opining about. It's really amazing, and uh, look, I mean, for me, I just basically walk into the studio, we tape the shows, we discuss what we want to talk about at halftime, and then I just watch. We bring, usually bring out about eight monitors, and they're usually watching eight games uh, at once, um, and the perspective is different, because, for example, we taped the Wooden Award show the other day, mm-hmm. and Jay won the 2002 Wooden Award, so <laughs> it was a really that. interesting dynamic of exactly what it takes. Um, that year, he wasn't even the ACC Player of the Year, so it's a little interesting. Now, Coach Greenberg has been the ACC Coach of the Year on two different occasions, so it's just a real interesting perspective. Jay is really caught up on a lot of recruiting, and Coach Greenberg can just tell you about, I mean, the amount of coaches. I think he told me the other day how many coaches he talked to in a week, because myself, yourself, Trent, your listeners, maybe they read The Athletic, like I know you recommend, yeah. I do, and I check out as much content as possible, but Coach just picks up his phone. You know, <laughs> Coach just picks up his phone and dials this coach, that coach, this coach, that coach, 
and that you're getting it straight from the horse's mouth there. So for me, it's interesting because you got the former player who played at the highest level and a coach that's been the two-time coach of the year in what many people believe is the best conference uh, in the country. So I just like to kind of be a fly on the wall, not even necessarily when they're listening or talking to each other, Ken, yeah. but when they see a play and react to a ball screen or a skip pass or one of those sorts of things. Um, I'll give you a small example. During the Wooden Awards show, uh, Ethan Hat made the list, and I asked Coach Greenberg, I said, so what is the deal with this free throw shooting? So what is the deal mm-hmm. with this free throw shooting? It's the easiest shot in the game. This guy can literally do everything except that. He's right. not Zach. He's not a big man. He's not struggling with the ball in his hand. It's not like Shaq's holding like a tennis ball in his hand when it feels like a basketball. And Coach Greenberg just said to me right during the show, he goes, you think shooting free throws is easy? <laughs> you think shooting free throws is easy? And then Dave follows up and goes, you know, I was a 68% free throw shooter. Wow. I said, okay, guys, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so sometimes they can take something that I say that I think a lot of people would agree with. The free throws are a pretty easy thing in terms of the relative nature of basketball and talk about how mechanics and mentality can get into it. Because I'm sitting next to a Wooden Award winner who is a sub-70% free throw shooter. <laughs> so they can even change your mind on things that you're pretty firm about. Uh, Zubin, thanks for sharing. Really, is I'm six years old fanboy, and I'm I'm digging that conversation right there. I'm also looking really forward to, and I don't want to wish the the rest of the week get away because um, I mean tomorrow night Indiana Iowa I think is going to be huge uh, in the in in this state. Obviously, so much on the line for both schools as Indiana's getting better and the Hawks uh, feeling pretty good about themselves. But Saturday night, man, Duke Virginia part due. Uh, at the same time, we've got uh, Baylor uh, and Kansas State, which is big in the Big Twelve race, and Iowa State tie there but can, uh, Duke and Virginia I think they're the best two teams in the country at this point I do I love Tennessee's athleticism but you know give me these two these two ACC schools what can you know, what should we look forward to in the rematch Subin you know it's funny we actually because you know Duke as you like to use this term can I do too Duke likes to move the needle mm. and uh, at ESPN you know Zion is front center so actually even during our halftime on Monday we spent a very good portion of our halftimes in both ESPN and ESPN2 talking about this game, even though Duke actually had a game to play before. <laughs> that was actually last night's game. But everybody was looking forward to it. Same deal, Saturday, 6 o'clock, college game day in the house. So it's the exact same scenario as the first game. A couple things are different. Obviously, the scene is in Charlottesville. That'll make it different. And obviously, Trey Jones is going to play in this game, whereas he didn't play in the first game. And that's obviously something that needs to be taken into account, too. A couple things that I think uh, Coach Greenberg pointed out is how Duke is able to take advantage of Virginia's defense, which is not something a lot of teams in the country can do. If you recall, Virginia holds almost everybody below, I guess, 60, 70 points. Several opponents, at least a half dozen, have scored below 50 points. RJ and Zion combined in that game, you might remember. 50-something. Yeah, 57. 57, so right. think about that, right? So, I mean, Virginia doesn't allow some teams to score 50 points total and those two guys went for 57, and their main ball distributor, Trey Jones, didn't play. But Virginia said after the game, we let one get away. Pretty interesting comment. It was a one-possession game. There was a basket at the buzzer that made it 72-70, but it was obviously a very, very nip and tuck game the whole way through. The one thing that both guys said, and I think a lot of people have said, is that this is a different Virginia team offensively. They may play with a slow pace on offense amongst the slowest in the country, but their point totals are significantly I mean, big time. They still play at a slow pace, but they're putting way many points for possession or getting a lot higher. And the one thing I think I'd like to also mention is DeAndre Hunter. You know, last year, he got hurt. Everybody talks about Kyle Guy and all these guys. But DeAndre Hunter got hurt during the ACC tournament. And he essentially missed the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, the whole one game they played in it. 
and I'm not saying he would have been in the difference to beat UMBC, but I do think that that is a huge component that people didn't really think about. And now that he's back and healthy, I think he can really give them a good two-way option that they certainly had for most of last year, but when they got to the ACC tournament in the Big Dance, they did. I'm not saying he is a guy that's going to shift the balance of power for Virginia or anything like that, but I do think having him back and healthy, if he can stay healthy the rest of the way, gives them a dimension they should have had last year, didn't, but will likely have this year. Zubin, I got a football question for you, and it's not the one maybe you'd be anticipating, but go inside the walls of ESPN for us. The Alliance of American Football starts this weekend. Mm, good one. We've seen these startups before. What kind of coverage, if any? There's no deal with ESPN right now. CBS and CBS Sports Network has uh, the rights for these games. A cursory glance. At, what's the conversation about how you guys at ESPN were going to cover this, if at all? No, I think we're certainly going to cover it. I can't speak out of turn because I haven't been in any meetings to talk about it as yet, but I'll be working Saturday night. I'll be working Sunday night, and mm-hmm. I don't know when these games are starting exactly. In I think that. Saturday. So, okay, sure. So we'll definitely show something. I think the biggest thing is, one, there is a thirst for football. I remember when I first started at ESPN, Ken, you would chuckle at this. When I first started ESPN, I was doing, like, Canadian Football League rap, you know? And it would be funny, like, Jesse Palmer would come by and actually watch because he's from Canada. You know, so he actually grew up with these yeah. teams, and he'd be kind of schooling me on what's what. But, you know, when I would ask my boss, you know, it's July, it's a Saturday, and uh, the CFL is on. And my boss said, I would ask, how many people watch this? He's like, oh, like three, 400,000 easy. You know, it's like on ESPN2 with no promotion. And people find it because it's football. I think what's going to make this league different, Trent, at least initially in terms of attention, is the variety of names. Like Mike Singletary is coaching in this league. Steve Spurrier is coaching in this league. Um, and so I think you've got some bold-faced names that people have heard of before so what we call it the cutaway shot so when you're watching a highlight like the shot of the guys running out of the tunnel or the shot of mike krzyzewski clapping on the sidelines with the team that first shot before you see all the actual plays i think in this league it's going to be all the guys that you knew from college or all the old-time guys that are back i think dennis erickson is coaching a team too so all of those guys that sports fans are familiar with from different levels of football whether it's miami or florida for coach Spurrier or South Carolina, or the Redskins, I think our initial hook will be, yeah, don't worry, there's more football. This is football <laughs> league is coming next year. And in case you don't love the quality of play here, hey, by the way, the Orlando team is coached by the Visor. And I think that might get people in on week one. Like anything else, any product, any business, it's got to be quality or it won't last. But I think for week one, there's enough bold-faced names to make sure this gets them run. Interesting. Uh, Trent, do you know if they're going to put the number up in Vegas on these games? Yes. In fact, there's future wagering out there. You wow. can bet on who's going to win it all this season. Well, I'll pick your brain on that in a second uh, because I'm sure you have an opinion. Hey, Zubin, do you have an opinion on why the Super Bowl television numbers were down this year? Is it is it simply Patriots fatigue? You know, it's funny. I actually don't think it's Patriots fatigue. I think that's, a, that's one that's been bandied about, but I, I'll be honest with you. I think the Patriots being in this game actually gave the game some juice because you had the Brady six angle with the six Super Bowls. You had the coaching angle with the one guy being half the age of the other. You had the quarterback angle with one quarterback being 41 and the other being significantly younger. So I actually think the Pats being in it gave us some storylines for the two weeks. 
I think this is simply a numbers thing. I mean, I looked at some of the deep numbers, and this is just my this is just my opinion from looking at those numbers. If indeed I I, I would surmise that the Pat's fatigue thing is an excuse that's brought up every time uh, they're in it. There, um, I would say this: the Pat's overdelivered the national average in Boston by a wide, wide number. In in other words, whatever the national average was in Boston, the number was super high. The national average was like forty four point six. I know without context, this doesn't make a ton of sense. The Pats number in Boston was about a 57.4. So that's significantly higher than just throw a dart on a map and see how many people are watching the Super Bowl in that particular market anywhere in this great country. But Boston overserved, as you would expect, of the concentration of fans in the area. What held the number down in two things was L.A. did about a 44.6. So L.A. did the national average. So if you're watching in Phoenix, or Norfolk, mm. or Des Moines, or Minnesota, or St. Louis, or New York, basically as many people percentage-wise were watching as were watching in L.A. And that's not great. I think we know the Rams don't have a ton of fans yet. A newer generation of fans is not used to the Rams in Los Angeles. The Chargers don't have any fans. But when your city is in the Super Bowl, and you've got a great story, and your city produces what the national average is for anywhere else in the country – that's going to depress the number because that's the second largest TV mm-hmm. market in the country. And they're showing no spikes, even though their team is in the Super Bowl. Also, lastly, it's not huge, but New Orleans did a 26.1. It's a metered market, which means you get the numbers the very next day, the biggest market. They'll give you the numbers in overnight fashion. So for a Sunday game, you'll get them on Monday. 26.1 is gigantically low. New Orleans has traditionally been an excellent sports viewing market. They love their sports down there, not even just their Pelicans or their Saints or their LSU. Tigers or anything like that. Just they love sports down there, and that city tends to rate very highly for any two teams that are playing in the NFL playoffs. And obviously, I think there was a quote-unquote boycott from some people <laughs> in New Orleans. So I think when you add it up that the L.A. market didn't deliver, which is really disappointing, and other bigger markets sort of stayed away, I think that's probably more of a reason than the city. And, and last thing, Zubin, and it's an NBA question, but it's, it kind of uh, has my attention. It's Anthony Davis, and, and not to the Lakers or the Clippers to the Knicks. But what if the, what if this rumor out there that the Milwaukee Bucks are actually a legitimate landing spot for this guy? Him and the Greek freak together? I mean, I would love to see it. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, what, what's the likelihood? What are you hearing? And I think it would be awesome if, if he got to Milwaukee and eschewed one of those bigger markets. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. I think the biggest story with Davis right now is that it's the continuation of the Celtics-Lakers rivalry, but it's off the court. It's, it's Mikhail clothesbining Rambis, but it's not on the floor. It's both teams salivating for Anthony Davis. But if it's not going to be the Lakers or the Celtics, the Bucks is interesting because essentially Anthony Davis gave a list of teams to say, trade me here and I'll sign a long-term extension. Trade me anywhere else, and this is going to be a rental play. You'll get me for one year. He's got 17 months left on his contract. You'll get me for a year and a half, and I'll be gone. He unveiled a list of teams that he'd be willing to sign with long-term, and one of those teams was the Bucks. Right. And to your point, I think a lot of it was combining him with the, uh, Giannis and giving them a fortitude that could certainly build well for the future. A couple problems with the Bucks: They probably don't have the assets right now that Boston does or the Lakers does, which is a plethora of draft picks. So in order to get Davis, you've got to give up the farm, as you're seeing what the Pelicans are asking for. And I'm not sure Milwaukee has the assets right now that other teams do, but it's a great time for the league, Ken, because their owner, Mark Lasry, they have two owners, Mark Lasry, Wes Eaton, they would be giddy at the prospect of getting him because they need to keep Kawhi Leonard in Toronto with your guy, Nick Nurse. And they need to keep Donovan Mitchell in Utah. They need to keep Damian Lillard in Portland. And they kept Paul George and Russell Westbrook 
in Oklahoma City. It only helps the long-term viability of the league when a guy like that, who's 25 years old, will say, I will play for the Milwaukee Bucks, who have not gotten out 10 of the first round of the playoffs since 2001. Hmm. They have one NBA championship, and for him to say, I would play for that team, that is so huge for the league. It seems remote, but I think just that he would consider it is a big win for the Bucks and small market franchises everywhere. Thank you for what you do for us, Zubin. We will uh, get you back on your normal Tuesday spot next week. Thank you, Zubin. Of course, guys. Thanks. Yep. Good to talk to you. Zuba Mahente, ESPN. Fascinating segment. I love that piece. 2001 Bucks were ripped off in the Eastern Conference Finals, if memory serves. Uh, help me out. It was the Ray Allen team. They were really yep, good. Yep. I think the Nets got them. Mm. Was it Jason Kidd in the Nets who went out and got throttled by the Lakers? But he had that going on. He had the Kings-Lakers series right around that same time. It wasn't a very good look for the NBA at that point. We will take a timeout, come back and finish things up. Miller and Condon are here until noon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, it's Murph and Andy. Hear us talk sports and more every day at 2. And you can listen from your home or office with Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. Hey guys, Trent Condon back here once again for New Leaf Wellness. Want to tell you about some of the programs they can do, get you a better quality of life and make you much healthier. Go online to newleafcenter.com, click on the links to their services and see how they can help you. You can learn about testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, injection therapies, food sensitivity testing, and a whole lot more. If your weight's an issue, go to New Leaf Wellness, take the food sensitivity test combined with the weight loss evaluation. And coming up, they have an open house where you can find out more. It's on Thursday, February 21st from 9 until 5. There'll be free B12 injections going on during the open house, supplements, and a whole lot more. Again, that's February 21st. What you can do right now, schedule your free no-obligation consultation at 515-650-1358. 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And don't forget to tell them the trend sent you. The Polar Plunge. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Our final segment for Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Murph and Andy this afternoon, 2 to 4. The Fanatics come your way at 4 o'clock, and we start all over tomorrow morning at 6 with the morning rush. Joe wants to join the program. Joe, thanks for being patient. How are you? Hey, you got it, bud. Thanks for having me on. Real quick, uh, you know, Paul George threw a wrench into this whole Magic plan out in L.A., and, you know, Anthony Davis in Milwaukee, I got to thinking about it. I pulled into the Zubin conversation late, but that's actually a sexy position for him. New stadium, young yep. team, and if I, if, if, I'm, if I remember right, isn't he a Chicagoland guy? Yes, yes he is. He is yeah. from, you're right. That, yeah, yeah. That's, just a free, that's just a free throw down the interstate. But, hey, Ken, it's good to hear you back on the radio, and let's hope for a red October in 19, buddy. All right, man. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you, and thank you uh, for saying that. Glad to be here. So is Trent Condon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who had a disappointing night last night, but you were up for a couple of awards. They didn't go your way, but you know what? You'll get them next year. We'll try. We'll try our best, and a few more ears uh, listening to us here. A whole lot more ears. That's going to help. That, that certainly helps. Indeed. All right, so, um, you know, I wanted to spend some time on these new proposed baseball rules but i don't know if we're going to have time to do it justice today and i don't know i mean cappy brought it up right the designated here i don't think cappy was right in it i think it's 2020 full-blown okay both leagues i think this year's proposal was to incorporate the designated hitter in national league ballparks so when a national league had the home game your your american league pitcher was going to bat 
So you're easing into it. Easing into it. You know what? And I've come full circle, Trent. I kind of, not kind of, I like the way the National League does things. I do, and you I do. was always an American League guy as a, you know, as a Blue Jay fan, and mm-hmm. I, and I like the Twins just because of the proximity. Um, so if that doesn't change, I'm okay. The one that's I think going to struggle, a three batter minimum for pitchers, lefty specialists, no more, no more. Why? I mean, the game is what three hours and five minutes, something like that. Yeah, is the average time of a game. Does it really matter? I know it was a big talker. I'll get the pitch clock. You want to incorporate that? Hmm. I'm in that. Okay. So would you, if you could only take one, you know, you're bargaining here and you win that one, but you lose the three batter minimum. Sure. And you lose the full-blown DH. Okay. Would you? I only get one, huh? Well, I'm I'm a tough negotiator, pal. I, I've I've learned this throughout <laughs> gonna, the years. <laughs> I'm going to win my two. I'll give you one in uh, in return. Expansion of 26 men rosters. That's that, another one. That, that doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> How does that affect me? I don't care. Well, because it leads to an extra pitcher in there. Right. But what about change. what about the single trade deadline? And it's not the 31st of July. It's the All Star break. So no more of those non-waivers, waivers trades that mm-hmm. we see in August. It's you know what or get off the pot time by All-Star break or your roster is set. I don't love that I one. don't love that one either. I like, I mean, by July 31st, you know. And, right. and the waiver period, every once in a while you get a big name, but for the most part. And we know that you have to be there by September. You're not mm-hmm. postseason eligible. That, I, I don't, I'm not into that one either. No, no, that that one... What's the point behind it? What's the justification? I don't know. I mean, look at it. It's it's football season in August. Yeah. Baseball needs a big mm-hmm. a, a, a big name player to change cities. Some kind of conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Because when we get to August, but we are head yeah, first. I'll see you in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and especially unless your team's involved in a pennant race. Right. Everyone's checked out by then. Absolutely. Unless now, the wild card has done, done, has done terrific things yes. in that regard. Yes. Keeping more cities into it, clearly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. One of my favorite things is whatever the designated commercial, I think it's two and a half minutes in between mm-hmm. each half inning, mm-hmm. is the final 30 seconds of that. They're starting action. That last commercial will be on a split screen with the live action already Oh, going. I didn't know that. I know another way to... So- Quicken the pace. Yeah, but if you're a sponsor, I mean, how, how do well, you... Well, people are most engaged then, right? Because the game's actually going. And then you look over the side and there it is. But you pay attention to... Now, now what do you... So you'll hear the commercial, but see the split screen of the yes. game. Yep. We've seen this a little bit in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, the little split screen that they do. And uh, NFL this year? Me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It would bother me, I think, if I'm buying the... If I'm the sponsor, if I'm a paid sponsor. I'm not sure I want my... But you know people are you know, invested in. Trent, that's a good point. They're locked in. I think you might have sold me. Yeah. You might have changed my opinion. You know how our advertisers like live reads? Uh-huh. Because that's when the yeah. listener is engaged. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. You have mm-hmm. somebody that's engaged watching the broadcast. What is that? I mean, see Kent Herbeck up there. Yeah. Shelling Hawk for and air conditioners. air conditioners. What's the name of the company? Carrier? Carrier, yeah. yes. Kent Herbeck. Boy, he had a hell of a career, wasn't he? But he was yes, a great he did. twin. Great, great twin. I'm excited. Number 14? Yep. I'm starting to buy into my twins again. Are you? Oh, boy. You know, I'm normally pessimistic. You sold me last year. Yep. (laughs) How'd that go? Not well. Lance Lynn, dud. Mm -hmm. And he's in Dallas? 
I think he's with the Rangers. I, I yeah. could be, I could, or maybe the Astros. I don't know. Um, Dallas Keuchel and the Twins, a lot of conversation there. Yeah, Kimball and the Twins. Has that died down? Because uh, you brought it up with Cappy about the yes. Cubs. So. Uh, it, it's still there. I would prefer they still need help in the bullpen. I'm just not hugely interested in investing five years, mm-hmm. $80 million in a 31-year-old closer that showed some cracks last year. He did. All right, what are you investing time in tonight? Good question. I'll uh, flip on you and I for a little bit, at the very least. Uh, and but that's ESPN3, right? Yep, yep. So we'll have that on the laptop. Nebraska-Maryland do anything for you as it does for me on the Big Ten Network at 6? No, not at all. The late-night Big Ten one does, though. Minnesota hosting Wisconsin. Okay, that's good. That one gets me going. How about the 7 o'clock game on the Longhorn Network, Baylor-Texas? The 7 o'clock games on more Creighton-Villanova. Yeah, but Baylor's in a hell of a fight with with Iowa. They State are. Here. I just TCU hasn't been very fun to watch. So you, you've brought up the, you've brought up the Creighton game twice, which tells me you have an opinion. <laughs> I got him plus nine and a half. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know me well. Yeah, I'm starting to. Well, I already yes, I do know you well. Uh, plus nine and a half. Um, I don't know. I'm going to watch the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. There's no hockey game that moves my needle tonight. I don't think. Uh, there's only two, and when one of them, it's Wednesday night, so the Penguins are probably going to be on, or the uh, Blackhawks, or who are America's team. It'll be one of those two. So it's, it's no hockey for me tonight. It's all it's all hoops. Uh, any other games you like? Um, Not a whole lot college basketball-wise. I guess I'll maybe flip. I found myself every once in a while I mean betting-wise. Oh, betting-wise. Yeah. Mm, I'm invested on the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Already jumped in there. Mm-hmm. And who's got that game, ESPN? I don't no, know. BTN's Big Ten it's Network. BTN. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. They follow Miss, uh, uh, Maryland, Nebraska. So, got that one, and I am on you and I tonight. Laying the four at home. They throttled Bradley earlier this year at Bradley. Yeah. They get it done. They cover the four. I tried to watch the Drake game. It was available. I just couldn't get into it, and uh, they couldn't either. Loyola uh, flexed their muscles last night. But look, Drake is uh, uh, way better than anybody thought that they were No doubt. Be. All right, Mark Morehouse wrote a good piece on the Hawkeyes' defense. We'll do recruiting. We'll do Mark Morehouse tomorrow. Shelby Mass is going to be here tomorrow. Zach Osterman from the Indy Star. That's right. He'll preview Indiana-Iowa from an Indiana perspective and one more idea that we're kicking around. But we'll be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We're here every Monday from 10 until noon. Glad you're with us. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.